This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Everyone and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top Ten by Geek Vibes Nation. I got a little tongue tied there, but it's no big deal. Um, as that introduction said, I'm your host Tia, and today I have the wonderful Brittany with me. How are you doing this morning, Brittany? I'm good. I'm sleepy. I'm ready. Maybe talking about the subject of today will get me hyped up, where it's like very uh. Action-packed. Well, I was going to say, I do need you to be a little peppy today, but... (laughs) I'm here. I'm alive. That's all you're getting out of me, girl. (laughs) We have a snarky Brittany with us today. She doesn't come out all the time, but apparently she's here for (laughs) (laughs) for the top 10 action movie stars, and that is our subject for today, and I am super hyped about it, but before I start, I couldn't, you know, go another second without mentioning this. Right now, San Diego Comic-Con is happening. Unfortunately, neither of us are there. I'm in New York. She's in Arkansas, so we're just living vicariously through everyone who's actually at San Diego Comic-Con, and last night, they had the Marvel panel, and so much information was dropped. I mean, I am just, like, so excited and I know that it has nothing to do with our um, our list at hand although maybe because uh, these are action movie stars and pretty much all of the Marvel movies are just action so I think it correlates just a little but Brittany I mean how excited were you to find out all the little tidbits um, that we found out last night I was I, out of everything I'm stupidly excited over Fantastic Four because I remember (laughs) being younger when the first one came out, which I know everybody has, like, their feelings about how Fantastic Four has gone lately. But I was obsessed, which is funny, because didn't uh, Chris Evans play the Human Torch in that one? But um, I'm just very excited to see what it's going to bring in. I love all the characters. Even as a kid, I love the Fantastic Four people. So I'm excited to see it, like, finally coming back home. I hear no one. Brittany, do I got you here? Yeah, there you are. I was like, I hear nothing. Oh, my God. My phone had um, a bit of a crap attack. Uh, You know what? Things have been going a little too good for the top ten, so that curse that I always said that the top ten had apparently came back. But I do apologize. I last heard that you were, as you said, stupidly excited for Fantastic Four. Oh, I would say... um... That wasn't Chris Evans, the Human Torch, in the very first one. Uh, But I think it's so funny, but I'm excited about seeing it come back home. I was just like, man, I was like, you get tears. She just 
done with me. She's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, keep talking. <laughs> I do apologize for any listeners out there that apparently my phone just was like, that's it. I'm going to shut off on you now. So I do apologize <laughs> about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's incredibly exciting that Kevin Smith announced that obviously Fantastic Four and the X-Men are going to come to the MCU, um, we had the announcement of Black Panther 2, um, Doctor Strange's uh, sequel, The Multiverse of Madness. I mean, how badass is that? Apparently, it's going to be the first scary movie in the MCU, so incredibly exciting. And I'm just, like, pumped for just Loki and uh, Thor 4. It was called Love and Thunder, I mean, which is hilarious. Oh, uh, I heard has Natalie Portman's coming that. back as female Thor, isn't she? Well, I was just going to say that Natalie Portman is returning, and it does make sense because in the comics she had a run at uh, Jane Foster, had a run as female Thor, so we're going to be seeing a little bit of that in the next one. So, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to be a little negative, but I was not the biggest fan of Natalie Portman's Jane, but... Um, that was not under Taika Waititi's, you know, umbrella. And we obviously see how well he did with Thor Ragnarok. So maybe with him behind the camera, pretty much, we'll have a much better Jane Foster storyline because that's just me. I just really didn't care about her in Thor 1 and 2. And I heard that she wasn't coming back. I was like, yes. (laughs) Um, But then she was in Endgame for that little bit. But, again, I believe in Taika... And I believe that maybe we'll we'll have a much more satisfying storyline there. Hopefully. Hopefully. But, you know, let me not get too um, far into any of this because we do have the subject at hand, which is the top ten action movie stars. So let's get right into this. Brittany, you are at the number ten. I am going to start it off. Because my dad refers to him all the time. I'm going to go with Liam Neeson. And I'm going to do it because of Taken. Because as far like, I, I remember when Taken came out and everybody referred to it. Like, I have a specific set of skills. And just, like, how action-packed that movie was, how scary it was. And then you have uh, Walk Among the Tombstones, which we've talked about a lot lately, which would technically be considered action because of everything that they're going on in it, trying to get the daughter back, all that good stuff. But even as a kid, I remember anything I do, my dad is like, I'm not Liam Neeson. I'm not going to be able to save you, like, take it. I do not have a specific set of skills, so... I'm going to go with Liam Neeson just because when I think of, like, an older badass man that's, like, always gets put in the role of, like, saving, like, a young woman, it's normally Liam Neeson. That's so hilarious that you even picked him because, as you said, we've been talking about the movie A Walk Among the Tombstones recently. And, yeah, I mean, if you look at Liam Neeson's filmography, there are so many movies, and they are all just action-packed with the Taken films. Um, I really liked that movie recently that we talked about um, nonstop, I think it was called, the one in the plane with Corey Stoll in it. So, 
Um, it's just hilarious that you mentioned him. Obviously, he is just synonymous with action movies. Anything that he's in, you know that it's going to be, like, crazy, which is hilarious because, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade, but the guy's getting older, but he is just working it. Um, and I also, another great movie was that um, Run All Night with both Joel Kinnaman and Boyd Holbrook and Ed Harris, and it's a huge cast there. But <laughs> I don't think that you could have a list of action movie stars and not have Liam Neeson in it. And also, Brittany, I think that's hilarious that your father uh, uses that whenever he thinks about you going off in the world, that he's not going to be able to pull Liam Neeson and get you out of it. Sure. <laughs> he's like, I don't have a specific set of skills. He's like, I will. I have pawn shots. I can't thank you. <laughs> and your response should be, Dad, you can do anything. So if I'm, like, overseas in Europe and get taken, you need to suddenly have a certain set of skills. All right. All right. Uh, I just, I love Liam Neeson because I especially love his accent. But for, for me, I'm just, like, he's always, like, the gruff. Like, and that's the funny thing about action stars is that they're normally, like, the gruff, macho, manly type even though he's not, like, super buff or anything, he's still, like, you know, he's still, like, grizzled, which, you know, we're always a fan of grizzled. No, exactly. I freaking love it. Um, And I think it's a great way to start out the podcast. So awesome job, Brittany, with choosing Liam Neeson here. I guess I'm going to hit the number nine slot. And I'm going to pick someone that you probably wouldn't have expected, but I felt like we wouldn't have gotten a girl on this list, and I was like, I'm going to do some justice right now. And I'm going to pick Zoe Zaldana, because if you think about it, she has been in the Avatar, she has been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I can't think of other movies off the top of my head, but I know that she's kicked ass in a lot of them, and I think that Honestly, she should have some sort of recognition here as an action movie star because you can see that she is dedicated, she does the work, she does the choreography, and I think that, you know, again, I looked at it and I was like, I'm sure we're not even going to mention a girl on this list, and I had to throw out Zoe Zaldana. So tell me, Brittany, what you think about my pick. I was going to say she's great. Like, anytime that I see her, it's normally her kicking ass. So, you know, it's like, you know, I didn't think to actually put a woman on there, which I feel like a bad woman now. But I was like, oh, no, that's great. Because she always has, like, the martial arts down. She's always, like, the fierce one, but also beautiful. And I I really like that one. Uh, I'm trying to think, because I never got to see Avatar, but that was, a, as I hear it, which I think today, didn't Avengers finally beat out Avatar, and that was the whole big thing today? Well, but. you know, the thing is, the thing is that um, I, I don't know if it actually did beat out Avatar or not, because um, Kevin Feige during the Marvel, uh, wow, Marvel, yeah, during the Marvel panel at San Diego Comic Con, did mention that Endgame was close to beating Avatar, but that a few of the news outlets that said that 
it did already were wrong. But I, I could be wrong right now. I haven't looked. It could have possibly beat out um, Avatar, which would be crazy because then Zoe was in two movies that are the top, like, movies of all time in America, which is effing fantastic. I saw Avatar years ago. It's not my favorite movie, but she was the main star. She was kicking ass in it. So um, she just has experience being in these, like, badass roles where she's just fighting against everything, and I think that is awesome. And as you pointed out, she's in both all the Marvel movies. She's in Endgame. She's in Avatar, and I think that she's returning for the second Avatar whenever that actually happens, but she will return, so she's essentially solidifying herself as an action movie star. I guess because Gamora is just, like, badass, because you think about any time, like, yeah, she has her soft moments, but the whole point of her was being, like, this bad warrior who's just fierce. <laughs> Going back to Endgame, I just do love whenever um, whenever Quill is like, oh, it's Gamora, he's so excited, and then instantly he's <laughs> Well, you know, I, I love, the love her. Well, I love the fact that, you know, Thanos, like, revered her pretty much as his, like, best warrior. You know, it wasn't one of any of the men that were in his crew. It was Gamora. So, obviously, Thanos, who's the mad titan and who, you know, is known for his brutality and all this, if he, you know, is sitting there admitting that Gamora is, like the best warrior that he has, then obviously you know that has to mean some shit. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to put her as the number nine spot, and Brittany, you got the number eight. And you know, I was looking through my list and I was trying to sit there and go, oh, which one? Because I'm like, I don't want to put it like in a weird order. But I loved him, but I'm going to go with Jackie Chan for that one and just because anybody always knows it's always like Jackie Chan he does his own stunts he's so cool and like I remember as a kid even watching the cartoon of him did you ever watch Jackie Chan like the the cartoon that would come on like after school where they're trying to like collect these zodiac talismans and I thought I I absolutely love the anime series but I'm sorry go ahead no, no, you're fine. It's just like anytime I think back to like my my grandparents used to keep so many Jackie Chan movies. They're like, oh my gosh, I love Jackie Chan, which I always thought was so funny was their obsession with Jackie Chan and just thinking back to like all the crazy stunts he'd do. And as a kid, you know, you all think it's real anyways, but just especially here, like, oh, he does it all. And you're hearing these crazy stunts of like him sliding down um like like the side of a skyscraper, and you're like, what do you mean that's real? How's that happen? How is he doing this? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought he was so cool as a kid and just, like, the martial arts to it. And any kind of uh, movies. Now, he was even in that movie, um, oh, which I can't remember the name right now, but where he, like, loses his daughter, like, the bombing. You You showed me that movie. Um, not Rush Hour, right? No, no, no. No, no. Uh, it's more recent. It's like I, I, where they're trying to get, like, about. information. 
Right, right. I know what you're talking about. I just can't think of the name of the movie right now. But, yeah, I love that you uh, put this down because, honestly, as I was putting my list together, he didn't even come across, which, you know, shame on me. I feel so, like, a bad fan for that because the <laughs> man does the man does do all his stunts, and he's effing legendary. I mean, he's freaking Jackie Chan. You can't think of action movie stars without thinking about him. Like, I know that he's really not in a lot now, but when we were growing up, I mean, he was in everything. He was huge, and the big thing was all of the stunts that he was able to do, and he is an accomplished martial artist fighter, so I love that, and I think that's absolutely amazing. I'm so happy that you picked Jackie Chan, because now I'm, like, becoming all nostalgic and, like, remembering my freaking childhood. with like every single movie having freaking Jackie Chan in it. He's just like, uh, which I think it's so funny because America loves him, but apparently, like, where he's from and everything, he is considered, like, highly controversial, which I think is so funny about, like, the, like, the politics that go into everything because while we may love him back in his home, it's, like, he's considered, like, kind of, like, uh, very, uh, very scandalous. Really? Why? Uh, it's something like I think he had like a high profile like affair. It was something with his son. It, it's like it basically just. I think it's probably because by our standards of like controversial with a bunch of actors, it, we're like, oh, they murdered someone. They got away with it though. And then like <laughs> they're like, oh my gosh, he had an affair. And even though that's awful, it's like, well, okay. Every yeah, that's movie just star like, in America ever. Yeah, that's just like business as usual over here. Uh, so I just, I don't know, I, every time I go to look up anything about Jackie Chan, I see that it's like highly scandalous, you know, he's, he's like, you know, it's like where they're like, oh, he, he's so awful. And I'm like, okay, but by our standards, which is sad. <laughs> But we love him, and I will continue to love him. I don't know if he's any in any movies recently, but I certainly would go to frickin' watch it just because that's, like, everything that I absolutely loved growing up as a child. And you were mentioning I love the frickin' anime series. I think on Twitter, like, not too long ago, someone, like, popped it up, like, oh, remember this? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching Rush Hour so many times as a kid, and I was just like, anytime with my parents, I remember, like, my grandparents would be popping in the VHS for it, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Rush Hour. Oh, that's right. Freaking, I heard that I believe that they're coming out with another Rush Hour movie. So we're going to see him reunited with um, Chris Tucker. So, shit, that's, like, amazing. Which, why did Chris Tucker, like, disappear off the face of the planet? I believe he did, you know, but uh, apparently he's coming back with with Jackie Chan for another installment. So I'm interested to see, like, how that's going to play out and if, like, you know, the third one wasn't really, it didn't do well critically. So I am curious to see, like, how a fourth one comes out and how that's, um, received by a general public audience. It makes me feel like uh, lately the 
with the movies each year, do you ever feel like it's like the coming back of reboots, sequels, quadruplets, like everything? I'm just like, yeah, I love it because I love the, you know, I love the continuation of the story, but I mean, everything's being rebooted lately. Oh, absolutely. Everything is, you know, a reboot, a revival. I believe we had this conversation on an actual Geeks Against the Grain podcast maybe a month or so ago. But as you said, it seems like Hollywood is really running out of ideas and they're coming out with these, like, new movies that are from, you know, movies like 10, 15 years ago because they're like, oh, well, Remember, they had a fan base back then, and we don't really know what to do, so let's just kind of capitalize on that. Not, It's not always, though, a sure thing. Sometimes it's like we could have uh, not had that. We could have, you know, been good without that, and the franchise would have been fine if you would have just kept it as is. But that's like I was super excited for Jurassic Park to have Jurassic World. I thought it was perfect, the first one with Chris Pratt that came out. I didn't really like the second one. Um, I feel like it just seemed as if they were, again, running out of ideas. But I don't regret the first Jurassic Park. I mean, the first Jurassic World, if that makes sense. Oh, no, I love the first one. But I guess the second one's awful. I know you've gone on and on about it. <laughs> You're like, this is the worst thing I've ever laid eyes on. But, yeah, the first one was really good, except for the part where the girl's, like, running in her heels, and the actress insisted that she runs with the heels on, and I'm like, that's not practical. You know what? She was showing that she could do it, um, and more power to her, because I can't even walk, like, two feet in high heels. So, you know what? (laughs) More power to you. But I still think that uh, Jackie Chan being number eight on this list is fantastic. And thank you for hitting upon that nostalgic core that is in my heart. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to hit the number seven right now, and I'm going to pick someone that you're going to be like, oh, gee, that's so typical of you. But Oh, I know know, it's coming. This slide, like, when I was putting my list together, I was putting all these people that you're going to know, like, every single one that I pick. But I'm, that's why I'm very pleasantly surprised that you're picked so far because I'm like, shit, I should have, uh, I guess, kind of went a little more outside the box for this. Bring your but... A-game, Pia. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. But my number seven pick is going to be Frank Grillo. Cause... Oh, girl. <laughs> because the man is just like in every single like action film I mean first of all he is in like a million things that are coming out soon he was just in Netflix's uh, Point Blank um, with Anthony Mackie he is going to be in this movie called Black and Blue he's going to be in this movie called Into the Ashes I think I saw something else that he's in I mean the man is like 54, 55, and probably in better shape than, like, most of the men that are in Hollywood. Oh, my God, he does not look it. I thought he was, like, in his 40s. No, he's, like, in his mid-50s, still kicking ass, still, like, he's doing mixed martial arts. He has a documentary on Netflix that shows him going over to, like, different countries, I believe, like, Thailand and stuff, and kind of exploring, like, 
you know, MMA and all that shit. So my point is, like, this guy, like, lives and breathes this shit. It's not just for the movies. And I forget what movie it was, but they were talking about Frank Grillo, and they were saying that, you know, he's a boxer in real life. And so if he goes to swing on you in a scene and you don't duck, <laughs> you're going to get hit and it's going to hurt. <laughs> um, so I just got the so I just thought that was amazing. You know, he played uh, Crossbones in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he was in mm, two of the Purge movies, which I think personally made those two movies. And I just, like, again, he's going to kick ass. He's going to always play the character that you bring in to kick ass. So to me, I had to absolutely put uh, Frank Grillo on this list because, it just made the most sense to me. But, yes, Brittany, tell me what you think about my number seven pick. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. No, seriously, out of all of them, because at first, like, you know, my memory is bad. Like, even though I have, like, good memory with names and movies, sometimes my brain slips. And I'm like, even though I'm like, I love these actors, I have trouble remembering what they play in or, like, exactly the memories for it. But I'm so freaking excited about Frank Gorilla. I love him. And you're still blowing my mind that he's in his 50s, but that's beside the point. I actually didn't think, like, of you picking him. I thought it was going to be someone else who I know is probably going to be on your list later on. But that is one beautiful man. And I was rewatching uh, Endgame and getting to see him reprise his role as Brock Rumlow was amazing because he, he's so fit. Like, you watch his choreography for, like, the moves he's doing, and you're like, you actually know how to fight. You're, like, going toe-to-toe with Captain America. Oh, no, and like you said, he did make the Purge movies because I remember the first one, I was like, ah, and then the second one had him, I was like, okay, this is ten times better because at least you can just look at him, which... Um, I'm trying to think with Frank Grillo. I need to watch Point Did you say it's called Point Blank? You have to watch Point Blank because it is really good. And Anthony Mackie, who, you know, plays Falcon and who is now our Captain America in the MCU, is in it, and he's really good as well. I feel like the two of them have great chemistry. I know that they were enemies in uh, The Winter Soldier, but they actually bounce really well off of each other in Point Blank. I need to see it because I need to watch more movies lately. I just need it. Which, keep in mind, what happened to us? Because we used to sit there, and I think, you know, we became friends when I was 19, and I think you were 23, and we used to see these actors, and we were like, oh, yeah, they're in their 40s. I mean, yeah, that's old, but it's okay. And then the first time we liked an actor that was in their 50s, we were like, oh, it's so scandalous. They're so old. And now we're like, that's nothing. That's nothing of, like, the guilty pleasures. What has happened to us? And I'm, like, looking at Frank Grillo, and I'm, like, that is the most beautiful man I've ever seen. And I'm sitting there going, but he's he's older than my father. What is wrong with me? <laughs> but he don't look like it now. He don't look like it. <laughs> No, I mean, listen, it's just what it is, and apparently it's whatever Frank Grillo is eating that makes him just 
seem like as if he dipped into the fountain of youth. Because as you said, Brittany, I thought he was in his 40s, he is in his 50s, and that shit is crazy. But you absolutely have to watch Point Blank because it's an easy watch and it's really enjoyable. And there's, like, nonstop action in the movie. Like, the movie literally starts off. It's not one of those movies that, you know, has a slow beginning and has to build up to the action. It's, like, right there. And I think if you're not doing anything and you're just wanting something to watch and you've got two hours to kill, put it on because it's worth it. And as you said, you've got Frank Grillo in it, who uh, he plays, as I described it, the asshole with the heart of gold. Um, and Anthony Mackie, who's just trying to be a good husband and trying to protect his pregnant wife. So I think that it's a great movie to check out. I'm going to have to watch it because I'm sitting there. Like, you think back, like, I was looking through, you know, when we were talking about doing this podcast, I was looking through the actors. And I was like, man, I don't remember the last time I just sat down besides, like, the Marvel movies and watched, like, an action-packed movie. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you know how I get stressed out. I'm just like, oh, too much plot, too much stress, too many sad things. I'm like, I just need an action movie. I just need death and explosion, apparently. Well, yeah, and you'll get that. I mean, there's definitely emotions. I don't want to give anything away, but it is a fantastic film. So, yeah, um, I had to pick uh, Frank Grillo, and I'm glad that I got to expand your mind and let you know that this man is in his his 50s. I can't talk today for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Tongue-tied. Exactly. But, Brittany, give me your number six pick. I know people are going to be upset about him not being higher, but just the time period of it, since up being born in 1994, I'm not as connected to him. But I'm going to pick Sean Connery because we all know the James Bond movies, the 007, which I think wasn't wasn't he the original James Bond? Just like off the I top believe, of my head. I believe so. I believe you're right on this. And going through, like, my parents always talk about them. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, he was the best. He was voted, like, a sexiest man of the century. Like, everybody loves him. And I'm, like, going through some autography, and it was like, action movie, action movie, action movie. And I remember watching a video where, like, a man was saying how he idolized Sean Connery because he was, like, always, like, what you thought a man's man was, you know, he was this gruff character and it gave like, like he said, he was like, Oh, men, something to look up to. Like he was classy, but he was strong and he was sensual. And they were like, it was what made him such a great action hero because it did kind of give people that thrill, like other action heroes. But the reason why I was like, Oh, I would put him up higher, but he's not someone I'm super, super familiar with, which we love, uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which it wasn't, like, crazy action-y, but just going back through the classics, I'm like, Sean Connery is, like, a legend. Why, you, anybody that hears the Sean Connery voice knows that Sean Connery. <laughs> so he's going to be my pick. Well, and just to throw this out there as, like, um, just a little tidbit of information, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was actually Sean Connery's last movie before he decided to retire from acting. 
And as you said, he was the original James Bond. And, you know, we've now had a bunch of different iterations of James Bond, but it all stems to him. And he, even though the movies are based off of books, it, you know, what we perceive essentially as James Bond really stems from Sean Connery, which is just like, as you said, a man's man, um, just action-y, just, and the James Bond movies are all freaking action-packed. So even though obviously he wasn't as the you know physically actiony in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he was doing those moves. He was having those uh, you know scenes in the James Bond movie. So I think this is absolutely a great pick for you to have put on the list. And again one that I would not have thought of. Um, I will say, Brittany, and not to get into this too much, but uh, I rewatched the last James Bond movie, which is with Daniel Craig, and I know this isn't Sean Connery, so please excuse me. But even like, uh, even a movie that came out like maybe like three years ago, James Bond was a little, um, I want to say a little bit of a, I don't know how to like word this, but <laughs> a little um, touchy, a little forceful. I, he, he wasn't um, exactly, uh, uh, he wasn't exactly PC for the world we are in now where we're realizing certain things aren't okay and for a hero to be portraying them, you're kind of like, ah, uh, cringe. But, but even for that to be, like, from, like, three or four years ago, right, with Daniel Craig, then you can just imagine how it was during Sean Connery's run as uh, 007. It's a little, like, um, I just hope they you know, dial that down for the next James Bond movie that Daniel Craig is in. Cause I'm like, you're, you're towing the line a little here. You know, it was like, he'd meet a girl and like instantly have her panties off, but it didn't always seem like it started consensually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't, cause you look at those old movies where like the guy, like, fiercely grabs the woman by her arms and she's like no and he's like oh but you actually want it but I have to be more forceful and you can like see like the indentations of like their hands squeezing their arms and I'm like ah this you like look back on it and you're like this isn't exactly right um I don't know how I feel necessarily about this because yeah. I think Sean Connery, like, and anybody could feel free to correct me on it, but I think, like, Sean Connery in the past, because, like, you know, it, the first James Bond movie, I think, came out in 1965 when I was, like, looking at it, and, like, he had to talk about, like, like, backhanding a woman if she was out of line type mentality, which was more common back then, still not right, and I was just like, ah! I can't feel like I keep making that noise because that's like my emotions. I'm just like a little bad, a lot of bad. 
Because that's like honestly the you know reactions that you would have in that moment, especially now, like looking back on it, you're like, mm. and I know what you mean, like completely with that. It's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, you're kind of like you're like I love these stories, which does I think where it goes back to the highly quoted Batman, like either you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I think what's hard is that we hold these actors to like these standards, but then you have to realize, oh, they're human beings too. They're not always the greatest of people. But we should hold them to a little bit of higher standards. Just so. Oh, yeah, definitely hold them to a higher standard. But I mean, like, people get so obsessed with it. Like, they could never do X, Y, and Z. And they're like, yeah, they could do... It's kind of like, uh, not to get super off-topic here, but, uh, Boy George is making a big comeback with, like, being on The Voice and everything. And I find that highly surprising since he got arrested for literally, like, holding a guy chained up while he was high on heroin and beating him, like, severely. And now we're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Come back, oh Boy George. That's just wild. (laughs) I know. And they're like, oh, but you know, he was high off a heroin, so you can't really like hold it against him. I'm like, I'm going to hold it against him. (laughs) I will. That's not just him like high on heroin and like smashing up a place, you know? Like, that's, um, um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to say that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, It's like uh, Jeff Goldblum when he's like, uh, there it is. (laughs) There it is. Oh, wow, that was incredibly cheesy. I'm going to stop that. My bad. Oh, my God. We're just like, Uh, oh, life now. You know what it is? I got a little bit of things going on around me right now in the house that need, like, concern after we get off this podcast. So I'm like, like, uh, but you know what? No, no. Uh, let me stop. This is the top ten. We got to pay attention here, and we're doing an awesome job so far. So, Brittany, thank you so much for your number six, uh, Sean Connery. Again, I would have never thought about this, and I'm so happy that you put it out there. So, I'm going to hit the number five, and again, I'm trying my best to, like, you know, keep it in order. As we always say, these lists are not necessarily in any particular order, so I'm not going to name the name that you know that I'm going to say at some point. I'm keeping it, like, in a in a countdown. You know what I'm saying? No, I feel you, girl. You pick up what I'm putting down? I'm, t- I'm stepping on what you're... I can't remember that one. Yeah, just don't even. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And it's like, don't, don't. No, no, no. Um, but I am picking Joel Kinnaman as my number five spot. Because, girl. Listen, I feel like people sleep on Joel Kinnaman, and you shouldn't. First of all, the dude is ripped like nobody's business. Go look at pictures on Instagram. But think about all the things that he's been in, the Suicide Squad, um, Alter Carbon, in the show Hannah on Amazon Prime. He was, like, just kicking everyone's ass. Not only that, but in real life, I forget what belt he is, but he definitely does have, like, he's 
involved in martial arts, and I don't know what level. I don't want to say he has a black belt because I don't want to be like, Tia, that's very inaccurate. That's way too high. But yeah, I want somebody to come in for you later. I don't want anyone coming for me later, but he definitely has like a belt and it's not just a white belt in, you know, some sort of level of martial arts. So this guy knows what he's freaking doing and he is a badass. I mean, his choreography in most of the action packed shit that he's involved in is fantastic. Like is again, just watch Walter Carbon and watch Hannah. He's absolutely amazing. I mean, he's so badass. The action scenes are incredibly fluid. He just seems like he knows what he's doing, and I enjoy them every single time. Um, most Obviously, most of the reason why I was excited about Hannah was Joel Kinnaman and Marielle Enos because they were co-stars in The Killing, so to see them both back together and now this time as adversaries was absolutely awesome. But I was mostly excited because I knew that we were going to have some really great action scenes. And this is why I say that I feel like people are sleeping on him because I realized that not everyone liked the original Suicide Squad in 2016. So no one was really that excited for him to return for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. But I think with a better director... Um, and having Joel Kinnaman in there, that we're going to have some awesome action scenes. And, again, I had to put him out there because people need to be aware of how good he is, and that is me getting off of my soapbox right now. (laughs) This is is Tia lifting one foot and stepping off of it. Exactly. But, yeah, I had to pick him because I know that when people think of action movie stars, they're probably not going to think about Joel Kinnaman, and that is a damn shame because he is kicking ass and taking names in most of the projects that he's involved in. I I was going to say, I love Altered Carbon. Like, at first I was like, man, this is going to be weird. You know, I don't know how I feel about this, but when we sat down and watched it, I was, like, so enamored. I was like, Joel Kinnaman is, like, a great actor, which he is so freaking tall. What is up with these... Uh, uh, no, I can't remember. Or because him and the the brothers. Oh, oh. The 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 Scar Scars, the Hemsworths. Like I mean, any family that's not from America seems to be like six foot five as a starting off point. <laughs> oh, I know. And like, uh, where's him and the Scar Scar Scars from? Are they from Sweden? Sweden? Okay, yeah. That's what, okay. That's what I thought. It's like, what is up with all these Swedish men that came out of nowhere and just, like, <laughs> took over the scene? Because I do not know how to handle it. But I would say, like, he is tall. He's just, like, his boots are great. I think you sent me a video of, like, when he was training. And I think it was for Altered Carbon, like, doing, like, the uh, martial arts for it. But he has such, like, a great, uh, I'm trying to think of the, uh, like, presence. Uh, when he's yeah. in movies, where you're not just like, oh, he's boring, you know, he's just, eh, you know, I don't know what to really do with, them. I don't want to watch him. No, like anytime he's in any movie where he's doing his stunts or you know playing, it's like your eyes are just like narrowed in on him. You're like, this man is a great actor. Cause I, I, for everybody listening, Tia is obsessed with this man. So I've heard about every movie he's played in, <laughs> any like movie he's had five seconds in. I've heard about it, and I've heard about how amazing he is, and I have watched the clips. 
so I know this man, and he's just, he's incredible. He's just, uh, I need to watch more full movies with him, and it, I just, like, Tia knows I'm lazy. I'm severely lazy. I will say that if you have Amazon Prime, Hannah is only eight episodes, so it's an easy watch, and it wasn't my favorite. I still liked it, and I'm glad that it got a second season. I do prefer, if you're just in it for, say, Joel Kinnaman content, I would suggest Alter Carbon over Hannah. But regardless, some of the action scenes in Hannah are just so badass. Like, they rival, like, how good, like, Alter Carbon's action scenes were. And as you said in Alter Carbon, like, you, it is a little funky at first. Like, the first episode, you know, is a little strange because you're having to get used to the fact that um, it's in the future, you have this whole thing with, like, sleeves going on, so you have to kind of get used to that, but as soon as you do, it's just, like, diving right in, and his action scenes are phenomenal, and I would say, again, Brittany, if you have the time and you just feel like putting on a series, I would definitely suggest um, Hannah, especially because he has an accent in that one. And in real life, I believe that Joel Kinnaman has a little bit of an accent. It's not very strong, but it is there. So anytime you see him where he say doesn't have an accent is him putting it on pretty much. But Joel Kinnaman is from Sweden. He did come to America for either high school or college, I forget which one, um, and then kind of went back to Sweden to start out as an actor. But um, actually, I'm going to lie, someone's going to come for me. He was a child actor and apparently um, and apparently qualified for, like, the Swedish National Army. So if that wants to show you how he actually is physically in that mindset, he was good enough for the Army. <laughs> right, right. Just saying. <laughs> I just love your obsession with Tom. I think of all the kicks you hit, he was like one of the top five. All right. Well, if you want to know another um, useless fact, because this is just what we're doing right now, and he has now the Joel Kinnaman show. <laughs> um, really quick, really quick. He has some sort of condition uh, that his chest pretty much was caving into in in on itself so it was very closely pressed to his heart so he couldn't work out as much because it would put a lot of stress on his heart which is why you see him in his earlier work he's very skinny because of that and you can even see in some of his work when he's like has some shirtless scenes that you can see his chest is a little like caved in on itself but then about like four or five years ago he had a surgery where they literally put two metal bars in his chest to open it back up so he's been able to do the workouts that he's wanted to do and that's why we see a very nice transition of Joel Kinnaman very buff in the later in the past few years (laughs) he is one thick boy with three C's (laughs) no that is reserved for David Harbour because Uh, (laughs) that's the new kick for anybody that that is Tia's new obsession. <laughs> you know what? With that, I'm going to move on. And, you know, Brittany, you get the number four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was sitting there, 
I am going to go with Harrison Ford because that man has played in Indiana Jones. He was Han Solo. Anybody, like, growing up during that time period knows about Harrison Ford, and we know about him now. And it's like Han Solo was such a big part in Star Wars that when people think back to the OG movies, they're always like, oh, Han Solo, where she's like, I love you. And he goes, I know. And I'm like, that's such an action star thing to say. It's such a shitty man thing to say, but I love it. And then in Indiana Jones, that whole movie is about being action. I remember, like, this goes back to my dad again, because these are the movies that he watched constantly. Because the other day I was like, oh, I need to watch the first Indiana Jones. I've never seen it. And my dad looked at me like I had suddenly sprouted three heads. He was like, what's wrong with you? Did I raise you right? And I'm like, apparently not, because I have not seen it. But it's just like, even going back and through, I'm like, okay, action movie, action movie, action movie. Which even now, you know, he reprised his role as, role as Han Solo, and people still loved it, because he's still just as hateful and honorary as ever, which I always feel like follows the uh, rhythm of an action star, is they're either like quiet, but kind, but fierce, or they're just grizzled and mean and asshole, but as Gia said, uh, with a heart of gold. So they're always ultimately better. Are you there, Tia? Did your phone mess up again? No, I'm sorry, but I had myself on mute and I realized I was talking and it was still on mute. Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> For any listeners out there, this is not a normal occurrence. I do apologize for any of this, uh, I don't know, silence pretty much. But, yes, Harrison Ford, I think, is a fantastic pick because, first of all, I have to shout this out, uh, Brittany. Did you know that there was an interview recently with Harrison Ford where they asked him about who he thought could replace him as Indiana Jones? Because he is getting older. I think the man's in his 60s, if not 70s. And he said that when he dies, the character dies. Like, pretty much. Oh, like my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> got, like, nobody can do it better than me. And I want to say, and they actually are developing another Indiana Jones with him reprising his role. Which I don't what? know how that's going to work I know. He's he's gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "F these bitches." No, he's not listening to this podcast. But you know what I'm saying. He doesn't care but, about anybody. He's he like, I'm too old and tired. <laughs> but I did want to say that you know I I appreciate the dedication to the character and that he feels like it is so much him. But this is Hollywood; they can replace anyone. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. So I do believe that the time will come that there will be another Indiana Jones. I mean, we kind of saw that where it looked like they may have been setting it up for Shia LaBeouf to take over that role, or even um, there were rumors that Chris Pratt might take up the mantle, which I think that, honestly, Chris Pratt would be an awesome pick. To oh, definitely. Be but, yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford, uh, how could you think of – Indiana Jones or Star Wars without thinking about him, you know? I mean, first of all, he was, as you said, like the almost one of the original, like, playboys, you know? He was so 
smooth and, you know, cocky and arrogant when he, you know, came on the scene as Han Solo. And he still, like, maintained that personality, even though he was, like, older while he was in um, uh, what you might call the Star Wars The Force Awakens. So brilliant, you know? Um, I thought that, you know, Harrison Ford is one of those people that, Everyone knows. It doesn't matter, like, how old you are, what generation you're from, what kind of uh, music that, not music, wow, what kind of movies that you're into. You're going to know who the first Harrison Ford is, right? It's, like, going to be just, I I love it. I love everything about this pick. And, again, you are, like, coming up with such a good throwback. I love it. It's an oldie but a goodie. An oldie but a goodie. No, I absolutely love it. And I feel like we are just going through this list today, Brittany, and we have some really amazing picks as I'm looking down at it. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of both of us. I think we should both, like, pat ourselves on the back. I know we still got three more slots, but still, awesome. <laughs> Do you have anything else that you want to say about Harrison Ford before we move on to the number three slot? I can't think of anything, just that I really need to watch the first Indiana Jones or my dad's going to kill me. Your dad is seriously going to kick your ass. But this is just... She takes forever to watch it. I'll be like, Brittany, watch this. And like then like months later, she's going to be like, oh my god, I started watching Blah Blah Blah. It's so awesome. Did you know this, this, this? And I'm like, I told you about this like six months ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like the person that like discovered sliced bread after the first sliced bread. And they're like, "Oh my god, have you tried this?" And it's like, "Dude, uh, <laughs> where <I>, you been?" <laughs> I'm the ver- I'm the human version of the slowpoke meme, like the Pokemon, where they're like, "Hey guys, did you hear about this?" And it's something from a year ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's you. But I mean, this is why we love you. But honestly. You have to get off your ass and watch Point Blank and watch Hannah because that's your homework. But um, Oh, no. My number three slot is going to be someone that you and I are more than familiar with. And, again, we are getting to the good ones right now. Um, are you ready for it, Brittany? Are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? Can you handle this? Oh, my God. Stop, please. I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. I'm picking Pablo Shriver as my number three pick for action. Oh, girl. Girl. Like, like, no. Like, I could not have a list without him on it. Like, I will not even sit there and talk about how the man is, like, chiseled out of rock pretty much. Because if you follow him on Instagram and you watch his Insta stories and see his posts, you're going to know what I'm talking about. So I'm not even going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on how just badass this dude is. First of all, the guy's like six foot five, right? He's been in like, honestly, Skyscraper was the worst movie that I've ever seen in my life pretty much. But his like, but his like five second fight scene with The Rock was just badass because the both of them are just massive dudes just going at it. Um, Freaking Den of Thieves, where he played Ray Merriman, was just so kick ass and so badass. Like, 
that was like wall-to-wall action. I mean, he just brought in every scene that he uh, came in. And, like, let's not even talk about, like, American Gods. I mean, I know that it's not necessarily an action-packed, like, series, but him as Matt Sweeney has some really awesome fight scenes, both in the first season and the second season. I mean, when him and Ricky Whittle's Shadow Moon went at it, it was really well choreographed. And even the scene... Um, I believe it's the second episode where Sweeney and Laura Moon are in the train trying to rescue Shadow, and they're going against the henchmen of the new gods. That was freaking awesome. So, um, honestly, he's just badass. And also, he is going to play Master Chief in the upcoming Halo uh, Halo series, which Juwan always is just, incredibly skeptical about because he's worried that he won't be wearing the mask like at all um there was this picture on instagram recently that he posted where he's like staring at the halo helmet and i sent it to juan and i go okay well here's your helmet and he's like yeah but he's not wearing it and i was like oh my god (laughs) um but I had to put Pablo on this list, so, um, and as you know, Brittany, I could just go on and on and on about him, so why don't you tell me what you think about Pablo Shriver as a just huge action movie star and television action star? He is one beautiful man. He is one very gigantic, beautiful man, but everything I've watched with him is him being physical and an action type thing because it's like Matt Sweeney was just a powerhouse he was supposed to be this big mean angry Irishman the leprechaun and just any scene like especially like without doing spoiler season two with a flashback scene he is just like incredible just like massive huge just throwing the fight scenes they're amazing and even with uh like you said his fight scene with uh Shadow Moon when they're in the bar or even his fight scene with Laura Moon in season one was pretty incredible but uh, you're right about his Instagram though because every now and then I'm like it'll be like oh Pablo has a new uh, Insta story and I go on there and I'm like can I just have your life he's constantly hiking swimming just like in this crystal blue water you know everything he eats, breathes and sleeps like physical health and like wellness and just being fit and uh I was gonna say I'm glad you mentioned Halo because you know it's like you know it's like I worked at GameStop for years I think like six years and like I you know everything every time when the Halo games came out people just lost their minds when the collections came out anytime anything with Xbox it was like oh my god you know and everybody was freaking out Cortana all of it and so to see it, like, I feel like Halo is going to be life-changing for him. Because I feel like people have slept on Pablo. Because he's great in things, but anything he's in, he just gives it 100%. But I feel like he's not quite as huge as you would think he is right now. And I feel you know like why? this movie... Why? Well, I, I'm sorry. Because he's not in anything Marvel or DC. Like, we love American Gods, Right. And we look out for his projects and we watch them. But besides that, like, ask people about him and they're going to 
you know, know him about obviously his run on Lauren or SVU, but if you're not an SVU fan, you're not going to know about that. You know, that's not publicized or anything. And he was, you know, in the show, uh, the wired years ago, but even that, like not everyone knows. So because he's not in say a Marvel or a DC movie, it's still not, as you said, people are sleeping on him. He's not necessarily on the map, but being in Halo, which, by the way, you know that my boyfriend, Polly absolutely loves the Halo game series. But I did tell him about uh, that they were doing a live-action series with Polly. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, all right, well, people need to be more excited about this. But I really think that, um, you know, with the superhero genre being as huge as it is and people are kind of worried about it becoming oversaturated, I think that video games are going to be the new thing that shit is adapted from because we have Halo, we have, um, oh my god, I just like wrote an article about this recently talking about the other thing, Mortal Kombat is being adapted and there's a few other... Uncharted get one? Which one? Uncharted? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Uncharted is getting a movie, um, Skid Row, I believe, is another movie. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, now we're coming to the point where they're adapting video games, and it looks like Pablo is really getting into the training for playing Master Chief, and it's going to be, I believe, on Showtime, which is a good channel for it to be on. So I think that if it's done correctly, and now we're in the world where CGI and visual effects are awesome, and this is a big channel, so they can kind of shell out the budget for it. So I think that if it is perceived well, that this could be huge for Pablo Schreiber. My only thing is that I think that this definitely confirms that he won't be coming back for American Gods, which obviously saddens me so much. I know, which leaves it at a major cliffhanger for season two, though. I know. I'm hoping that even if he, like, came in, like, for the finale or something, like, you can leave, listen, spoiler alert, all right? We've already done an American Gods podcast, so um, he's dead, all right? But we saw Laura Moon carry him off at the end of season two. Even if you have for the whole season three where he's dead, but then somehow make it at the end of it that he comes back, like, if he, if Pablo has the time to come in and film that, that's fine. Because at that point, it'll leave open for season four, because I do certainly hope that American Gods gets a season four. But it'll stay open for a season four possibility, and hopefully it will have at, be at that point that his uh, schedule's opened up because he'll have finished filming um, Halo. I forget when Halo actually starts its filming process, which right now it just seems like He's in the preparation stage for it, but um, season three of American Gods is starting up in September. I just want him to come to New York Comic Con so bad. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, with them starting production in September and New York Comic Con is in October, they could possibly have some information for us to have a panel. But San Diego Comic Con did not have an American Gods panel, but if they're starting production in September, that means to me that they already have storylines all, you know, picked out. They have some casting going on. I feel like 
they can have a small panel to at least tease what we should expect. Obviously, we're not going to have any footage at that point, but it would be so cool if they could just come and talk to us. And Brittany and I are going to near Comic-Con, so obviously we're hoping this happens so that we can actually sit in on the panel. I know we'll be getting there like two hours early because we all know what happened last year. Oh, my God. The fact that we did not get in to see the Daredevil Season 3 panel was just heartbreaking. I can't even talk about it. Um, It's too painful. (laughs) It's too painful. It's too painful. But, Brittany, thank you so much, as always, for just enjoying my ranting about uh, Pablo Schreiber. I'm going to move it over to you to give us your number two pick. I was going to say, you're, you will probably thought I was going to pick him, possibly, but you know my love for this man. I'm going to have to go with Bruce Willis because I am obsessed. So, you know, we had him in Glass, which is, it was pretty action-packed, but, you know, he does get to be, he is basically his own superhero, you know, even though they kind of touch on it and they try to make him feel like he's just gone crazy you know, we also had Unbreakable, and uh, I'm going to say with Unbreakable, even though it wasn't like crazy action packed, he he gets off such a good presence. But everybody's going to know him from Die Hard because my dad, once again, because he is the action film buff, still quotes the like uh, the Yippee Kaye mother effer quote from Die Hard but uh, also loved him in Red where you know he plays the uh, ex you know basically awesome military dude that falls in love with this girl that he's like getting a check from and he just calls her because he's lonely and there's a whole movie about him trying to save her and all these old action heroes that are in it it's just I don't know. I think he's beautiful. I think he is great in everything he plays in. Everybody does know him for those action films, kind of like, oh, The Rock, you know. Uh, also, he kind of like, like, uh, I can't remember his name. Van, Van Diesel? Is that his name? Vin Diesel? Did you call Vin him Di- Vin oh. Diesel? I'm going to laugh oh. so hard. Oh, I'm so tired. Leave me alone. What is up with all these action heroes being bald? Can we talk about that for a second? Can we it's talk beautiful. About- it's beautiful, all right? You have Bruce Willis, you have Vin Diesel, and I'm going to throw out a little bit of a honorable mention with Corey Stoll. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful, beautiful bald men. I, and that's why it's like I hate that my brain is so mush right now because I wish I, because people are going to be like, God, she didn't even know these people. Why is she putting them on the list? It's like, no, I love these actors. I just don't know how to quite put it into words. It's like, he's just so, it goes back, they're just, he's, he's gruff, he's manly, you know. Everything he plays in is him being this big macho man that's just like, can make anything happen. You know, it's like, which the Die Hard movies is what everybody's going to go back to. My dad loves him. I love him, even though he's old enough to be my father. Okay, but we've gone over this. I mean, most of the people in this list are, but um, (laughs) (laughs) Brittany, with these throwbacks right now, yes, Bruce Willis, I mean, you can't think about, like, classic 
action movies without thinking about Bruce Willis because you've got the diehard movies. You've got everything that he's been in. I loved personally when he was in The Expendables. I mean, he wasn't that much in, say, the first movie, but we definitely got more of him in the second movie and the third movie, which I absolutely loved. Um, and just his presence, I feel like he can still do it, you know? I haven't seen Red yet, but it looked really good from what I did see, like, with the trailers and shit, and I did kind of like that it was, like, all these, like, say, older people who were going to be the ones kicking ass. It wasn't, like, just a bunch of, like, young guys in it, and um, I still, I don't know what Bruce Willis really has on, like, the horizon right now, but I still think that, like, Again, when you think of, like, action movies, you think of, like, action movie stars, Bruce Willis is definitely in it, and he can bring that. Um, as you said, the yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's, like, <laughs> it's such, like, a classic. Um, did you know that people count that as a Christmas movie? Oh, I know, I know. I used to be so confused as a kid because around Christmas time, people would have Die Hard on, and I was like, was it Why? <laughs> what? What's going on? I'm just so confused. Yeah. No, I know. It's, like, hilarious. I was always, like, so incredibly confused by this because I'm, like, just because, like, it has, say, I think because it takes place around Christmas, and I'm, like, just because that's the case doesn't necessarily make it, like, a Christmas movie, like, I know this is way off topic, but I don't see um, A Nightmare Before Christmas uh, as a Christmas movie. A oh, Halloween I know. Movie. It's a Halloween movie still. Like, it's it's grim. It's, you know, like, uh, cryptic. Uh, it has skeletons and ghosts in it. Like, it's, it's a freaking Halloween movie. But people are like, it's a Christmas movie. And I'm like, you know what? It's both. All right? I will, I will meet you in the middle. And say that it's both. You can watch it twice a year. You should watch it more times a year. But if you're going to only do it for the holidays, then watch it twice. I feel like I'm going back to my confession. Um, I didn't never see uh, Nightmare Before Christmas until Tia showed me. And I think that was last year. <laughs> it was fairly recent. I have opened up Britney's mind to A Nightmare Before Christmas, um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, there, um, my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> there are. So oh my god, my big, big fat Greek wedding is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're like Bruce Willis, big fat Greek wedding. The people are listening to this, going, "Aren't they supposed to be talking about action movie stars?" And they are talking about my big fat Greek wedding. You know what? Like, expand your horizons, guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I love Bruce Willis as a pick for this list because, and there's so many. I mean, obviously, we could name, like, all of the big uh, stars from back in the day. I mean, freaking Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Bruce Lee, Jet Lee. I had Dolph Lundgren at some point on here. I mean, those are so many that, like, if you talk about, say, the 80s, action movie stars that just made up every single blockbuster, you know, beat them up film, They're, they were there, you know? That's why it's like, I, I do have an honorable mention later on, because I didn't think of you putting him, if you don't say him now. 
Okay. I'm going to keep it open for honorable mentions in a second, um, and I'm going to go to my number one pick, which shouldn't be a surprise here. But um, before we get into that again, this is the top ten action movie stars, and I am going to go through the list, Brittany, all right? So at okay. number ten, we at number ten we have Liam Neeson. At number nine we have Zoe Saldana. At number eight we have Jackie Chan. At number seven we have Frank Grillo. At number six we have Sean Connery. At number five we have Joel Kinnaman. At number four we have Harrison Ford. At number three we have Pablo Schreiber. At number two we have Bruce Willis. And at number one is my pick. And as I said, should not come as a surprise to anyone. But I am putting John Bernthal as the number oh, one. Girl, girl. <laughs> Me number one because I'm sorry I will fight anyone who thinks that he does not belong on this freaking list. Because uh, have you watched the Punisher series? Have you watched Daredevil season two? That man is a powerhouse in on himself. He can fight. Um, there was that interview with Charlie Cox, who played Matt Murdock um, as Daredevil, that there was one time where that he was going up against uh, John Bernthal, and John Bernthal, like, kicked him by accident, and it actually freaking hurt, and I, th- I think he said it, like, broke a rib, pretty much, um, and then also, I think that he, too, just like Frank Grillo, someone had a comment that if you didn't duck, um, you know, properly, he was going to hit you in the face. It was going to freaking hurt. So, I mean, we have him as Shane, which I know, like, isn't maybe the most action-y, but still badass, still fighting, still going crazy. You had him in, as I said, The Punisher, and you had him in The Accountant. You've had him in plenty of freaking movies where he has just gone, like, wall-to-wall action, can put up with the fight scenes, can keep up with anyone. I mean, it is like, oh, and then freaking let's not forget Pilgrimage, which I know that, like, probably no one listening to this podcast besides you, like, even knows about, but him as the mute and his fighting scenes were just some of the best. Considering, like, a movie that was fairly mellow and just a lot of say walking and talking as soon as they kind of gave him the okay to go do his thing it was brutal and it was enjoyable to watch so again you know that I have to put John Bernthal because I still think that his fighting scenes with Daredevil especially in season two are some of the best fighting scenes that I've ever seen like when I was watching Iron Fist, you know, and you know that I loved Ward Meacham, but those fighting scenes were just pathetic. They got better in season two, but season one especially. But I always thought that shows like Iron Fist should look to the choreographers in Daredevil and Punisher to emulate those fighting scenes because especially when Matt and Frank Castle were on the rooftop going against each other, oh so freaking good. Um, so I'm going to stop talking for a second because I could go on and on and on about how amazing John Bernthal is and move it over to you, Brittany, and tell me, like, what do you think about uh, John Bernthal as an action star? I was going to say, I was sitting here almost in a trance because I was like, man, I was like, 
what it I was trying to think of all the action things he did and I was like man it's just easier to like pick out what he's done that hasn't been action-packed because you know it's like I feel like until the Punisher he did get slept on where he he's so he's such a brute he has like this that raw power and I think even him himself he's like oh I'm never going to be like the the big beautiful guy that just like gets those kind of roles he's always going to be the brute he's always going to be the big scary guy that could kick ass even though we did get to see him soft in the punisher but he he's just such a powerhouse though because anytime i watch him i'm like that's a big dude that's a big dude and he's gonna hurt a lot of people and I think you know he's even even though he was in it for five seconds, I'm still gonna count it. Baby driver, he didn't get to do a lot with himself, but he did get to reprise the role as the big gruff baddie. Who, if you don't see me again, I'm probably dead. Which we never saw him again. So I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call bullshit on that. All right, I'm gonna call bullshit on that and say that they're going to surprise us for Baby Driver 2 because there is a sequel that is being developed that he's going to pop up for like five seconds, and that's going to be the running joke. I'm just telling you that's going to happen. Uh, well, I hope so, but I'm also holding you to it, and if it doesn't happen, you're dead to me. All right, just well, I'll bet, $10. I'll bet $10. There you go, $10 on the, on the floor. All right, if John Bernthal doesn't return for, you know, Baby Driver 2, I'll, I'll send you $10. But if he does show up, then you send me $10. That is, everyone is hearing this. It's on a podcast. Oh, oh my it's God. Okay, fair, fair. Because I'll pay $10 just to hope that happens. <laughs> but, but, yeah, as you said, like, I feel like his Frank Castle did get slept on a little. Like, obviously, us in – that fan base loved him, but I do think that he did get, you know, people slept on him a little, especially since the uh, Marvel Universe on Netflix has been canceled. And uh, we talked about this a little in the pre-show, that it almost seems like they're probably going to decanonize that um, with the uh, casting of Mahershal Ali as the new Blade, where he was Cottonmouth in the first season of Luke Cage. Although I do say that because it's different characters that maybe that, you know, changes it a little, but still, um, you know, the, what John Bernthal gave us as Frank Castle, I just don't think could be replicated because he gave us that grieving husband, grieving father. Uh, as you said, he was soft a little in there, um, but then also brutal and unforgiving and just uh, just everything that I think we haven't seen with other Punisher actors in the past. Like, I love Dolph Lundgren, but his Frank Castle is just a brutal killing machine and kind of same thing with any of the others that we've seen after that. But John Bernthal's Frank Castle really fleshed out the character for us. And, you know, I know that John said that he doesn't think he would ever get, say, that romantic lead, but you and I, Brittany, watched the two seasons of The Punisher and some of those scenes with uh, Maria Castle and then the girl Beth in the second season were pretty steamy, I would say. I would say, like, freaking, I I, would have wished to see more with Karen, but we all know how that goes. Um, 
I was going to say, I, I feel like the only way I'd be okay if somebody else was doing uh, Frank Castle, if it was Frank Grillo, which we've talked about yeah. that. But I just love how in character he gets, because I think you said that someone that met him, like, watching him was like, oh, you know, he, he terrified me because he was so in character, like, in and out yeah. of it. Um, I will say that the only good thing, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Brittany, the only good thing about them, say, canceling the Marvel Universe on Netflix is that we can imagine there's no third season of The Punisher where they're like, no, Frank and Karen are never going to happen. It's like, so we as fans can just say, like, hey, that, like, super intense look um, where they were in the hospital and looked like they were going to kiss and Amy interrupted and she even called them like lovebirds or something. We can just imagine that it went from there. All right. So that's, I hope so. I hope so. We can use our imagination. And if they Mm -hmm. did ever redo the Punisher and they didn't bring John Bernthal back, which would be a fucking travesty. I mean, I would have to wonder what was wrong with people, but I wouldn't mind if it was Frank Grillo because he does play a lot of gruff people and people could say that maybe he doesn't have the emotional range that, say, John Bernthal has. But, again, if you watch Point Blank, I think that he was able to convey that and I think that he could possibly um, be a Frank Castle that was both, like, brutal but had some sort of, like, you know, softness to him. So I definitely think that that would be a possibility. But I don't want to put it out there because I am still sitting here hoping that Hulu in about a year or two brings over at least the Punisher and Daredevil. Or else we riot. (laughs) Wishful thinking, I know. But (laughs) (laughs) you know that I had to put Tom Burnfell down there as the number one on this list. Um, And I know that you had some honorable mentions, Brittany. So if you want to kind of like throw them out right now, I'm perfectly fine with that. I was say the only one I could take off the bat was Keanu Reeves because of the Matrix. I think he was his speed. Like any time, like when I'm thinking of like oh action movie, I think of the Matrix and I think of how good he was in it and how it really launched his career with the Matrix and everything. And then also you have John Wick, which I still need to see John Wick. But I don't know. He's just great. Like people love Keanu Reeves. Like he, I think somebody said he was the internet's boyfriend, um, which just like was, has me dying. There was a meme that was hilarious because it was someone else that the internet was obsessed with, and I can't remember who. But the meme was like uh, someone pushing that person away, and then Keanu Reeves put it like you know for the internet's like next big love. But I think that Keanu Reeves is a fantastic choice because he he has been in so much action shit. You have the Matrix movies, you have John Wick movies, and even I'm gonna throw it out there: the movie Speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Speed Two. I mean, that was just great. I mean, and he exhibited that type of action that you want. I mean, there were rumors apparently that Keanu Reeves had spoke with Marvel about a potential role, and I don't think anything happened from it because we got the Eternals casting yesterday at the San Diego Comic-Con, 
but it would be so cool if Keanu Reeves was in the Marvel Universe. I mean, that just, like, would make so much sense, and he would be absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, too, have never seen the John Wick movies, and I feel very much uh, that I'm sinning there by not picking, by not having watched those movies because they look awesome, and I feel like a bad nerd. But they're coming out with a fourth one, so it gives me motivation to catch up with the previous three. So maybe... (laughs) Maybe when you come here in October, we'll watch some John Wick. <laughs> I think we need to watch John Wick and we can hold Lady while we do it. <laughs> exactly. For any context out there, if you're a first listener, Lady is my dog. But, um, yeah, Keanu Reeves is awesome. And I do start, as much as I love him, like, again, I haven't seen the John Wick movies, but I love that he's you know, in the John Wick movies, that he's that much of an action star household name. I would like to see him in more. So I do hope, um, you know, because none of these things are, say, set in stone. They could add him in. Um, We have a few years before the first, uh, you know, Phase 4 Marvel movie comes out. He could potentially meet with, say, Kevin Feige and come to a deal. So I'm just saying, if that happened, that would be awesome. Um, I guess my only real honorable mention, uh, honorable mention, because I did say before, let's say Dolph Lundgren, Sylvester Stallone, and all that. Um, I would put out Tom Hardy, because Tom Hardy, I mean, is just like a freaking beast. Um, and uh, you know, between him being Bane and other roles that we've seen him in, uh, you know, even Peaky Blinders. Um, for some reason, can't think of things off of the top of my head right now, but I would definitely even consider Tom Hardy in that uh, in that list, in that spectrum, because he's just fantastic as well. He is gigantic. I love Tom Hardy. And even, you know, he was in Venom, which was yes, great oh action Why am I just, like, losing my mind today and just not remembering things? Yes, Venom. <laughs> and- <laughs> And he's going to be returning for a second Venom, so we'll see him in even more action-packed scenes. And as you know, Brittany, there were rumors that we could potentially see Venom and Tom Holland's Peter Parker in a movie together. Now, that's just internet talk. I'm not saying that that's confirmed at all or even possible to happen, but it would be pretty freaking awesome if it did. Oh, my God, it would be amazing. Tom Hardy and Tom Holland. Too many Toms. <laughs> Too many Toms in, in, the, uh, in the field right now. Oh, um, I guess we should also mention Chris Hemsworth. I guess anyone who's in, like, say, the Marvel movies should be considered, like, action stars because their training is absolutely, like, crazy intense. There was just this video on the internet of Brie Larson, who plays Captain Marvel, pushing a jeep uphill. Like, oh my god! Oh my gosh! (laughs) I'm like lucky if I could pick up some books, since there she is, like pushing a freaking jeep up a hill. And like, you wouldn't think it because to me, she's kind of skinny. Um, but that obviously has to be, like, all muscle under there that she was even able to do that. And she was doing it for a while. It wasn't like she did, like, you know, one step and was like, there you go. I freaking pushed a Jeep up a hill. It was like, no, she was that, – that 
that was like at least a minute long, that video. So, I mean, anyone could be potentially considered an action movie star in the Marvel Universe. I'm sure that there's some people right now who are listening to this and going, but what about the DC Universe? Um, I'm not going to mention that right now. (laughs) (laughs) You get burned at the stake. She's a witch. I probably am, but, you know, it's perfectly fine. Like, uh, I think that people need to admit that the DC Universe needs a shit ton of work. Um, but it's seeming good. You know, the Suicide Squad has James Gunn behind it. We have uh, Wonder Woman uh, 84 coming out next year, which looks pretty good. Aquaman was great. So, yeah, you know, it's making its way into becoming a more fleshed out, developed world. I will say really quick, Brittany, and again, I know this is completely off topic, but how do you feel that news reports said recently that Jesse Eisenberg was out as Lex Luthor? Uh, great. Wonderful. <laughs> like, I feel like I should celebrate. I just feel like he was such a weird pick. I feel like he did not fit. He was just, it was weird. I didn't like it. I don't like it. I don't want it. I feel like and there was I, so much. I think Corey Stoll would be a great Lex Luthor. I was, I was just going to say, and now it's time for Hollywood to stop their shit and nominate my man, Corey Stoll, to be the next Lex Luthor. Just saying. Just saying. I'm putting it out there, guys. I mean, listen, some casting casting comes to fruition because I'm pretty sure that, um, whatchamacallit, it like, Oh, gosh, who was the one announcement? Oh, Mahershal Ali as uh, as Blade. I mean, we were talking about that, like, months ago when Marvel was even teasing that they could potentially bring in a new Blade in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And people, of course, were saying that they should, uh, you know, bring back Leslie Snipes, which is all good and well, you know, um, I'm sure he's still in good shape, and I believe that he would love to play the character, but it's time for, like, a younger guy to get into this, and we were kind of saying that Mahershal would be a fantastic pick, and there you go, at San Diego Comic-Con, who did they announce as the new Blade, but Mahershal Ali, so we're going to put the energy out there that Corey Stoll will be the next Lex Luthor. We will accept nothing less. Or we, we will accept Exactly. But Brittany, I think that we had a fantastic list today, as always. I think it's super fun when the two of us get to go back and forth and kind of talk about what we are picking for the list of the week. And I think that uh, personally, I love it because I feel like uh, you did all of the great classics, and I did more of, like, say, the modern-day action stars, and we got the two meshing together. So we were honoring the old, and we were celebrating the new. I feel like they'll be, like, coming after you, but they'll be okay with me because I did the oldies with the goodies. So enjoy <laughs> it. Enjoy the death threats. No, I'm Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Listen, John Bernthal got some great shit on his plate oh, right I now. He's going to be in the new Sopranos movie that's coming out. Um, Pablo Schreiber, as I said, is going to be in Halo. Joel Kinnaman is going to be in the new Suicide Squad. So all the ones that I picked got great shit on the horizon for them. But you know what Sean Connery has? Uh, retirement. 
Although that's probably freaking, that's probably freaking fantastic for him. He's like, yeah, what of it? I made my money and I'm off on an island sipping freaking scotch right now. He's like, oh, what do you mean? I made enough to retire comfortably as an actor on my own private island and can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the one that lost. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know what, if people want to criticize, go right ahead. But no, I do thank everyone who takes the, time, takes the time to actually listen to these top tens. And I would love to also hear what you guys think, um, who you think are some of the great action movie stars of our time and uh, in the past. That would be awesome. Maybe we should revisit this subject and kind of break it down uh, via errors, pretty much. But, Brittany, please tell us where we can find you and what, you know, you got next on your plate. I say you can always find me at Twitter and Instagram under the same handle of Brittany underscore Hegel. You like how it sounds like an announcement? Uh, yes. But, yeah, uh, but you can find me on uh, Top Ten or Geeks Against the Grain uh, if anything comes up new recent of anything I'm adding on, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, I will be first to let it know there. Absolutely. And we at Geek Vibes Nation have been covering the San Diego Comic-Con event that has been happening this weekend. We do have someone that is attending the convention. James is there kind of giving us all of the good stuff. We've been covering the Marvel stuff that's going on and just everything please check out you know Westworld just released a trailer for its third season that looks awesome so many other great things just look like we just have so much that we can actually enjoy next week the boys actually releases on Amazon I'm so excited for that um, Veronica Mars which was supposed to Release next week. Actually, released this weekend. I haven't watched the third, uh, not the third. I haven't watched the fourth season yet. But um, I already read a really bad spoiler, so I hate myself. But um, please. Oh no. Oh yeah, no. I'm super sad that I went on Twitter and it was just there with no warning at all. Um, people need to start being more like the Marvel fans because when Marvel movies come out, we're like a little bit kinder and we kind of stay away from, you know, announcing spoilers a week or so afterwards so that people have time. No, anyone else just puts the spoilers like the second something releases. Um, so I'm a little peeved about that, but it's whatever. Please make sure you go to Geek Five Nation on Twitter. Check out everything that we have. You can find me there. Um, Tia, Baby, I write a lot of content for Geek Five Nation. I obviously do the top ten here. We do the Geeks Against the Grain as well. We're going to be doing some San Diego uh, Comic-Con coverage there as well. Um, and then always check out www.geekvibesnation.com for more. And thank you, Brittany, and thank you, listeners. Until next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks,